You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This Is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This Is Oklahoma. Mike and here, your host, back with another episode down at Bedford Studio to talk to you about some health stuff. Amir Alavi's with me today from um, Be Healthy Cafe, which you probably know as formerly known as the Health Nut Cafe, but it's coming up to the end of the year. Everyone's eating bad food and everyone's thinking we're going to wait till November. Oh, wait, sorry, we're, we're in November. We're going to wait till January, January 1st, or it'll probably be the second, depending on what night Christmas Eve is, right? Uh, New Year's Eve, you know, all that stuff, right? Healthy, healthy conscious now, this time of year. And everyone's going to start the new year being healthy and it's going to last about a week. However, if you are not familiar with the stuff that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about making it easy for you and this cafe does exactly that so amir thanks so much for coming on the podcast i'm excited to know about the story um you know like myself right we weren't born here we've come here and and kind of made a life for ourselves but to that point before we do get into the to the the business tell me about yourself man where'd you grow up hey mike thanks so much for having me inviting me out to be on your show tonight um uh well like like you said, I'm uh, I'm also a transplant to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was born in Iran. Mm-hmm. I was born in a little bitty town called Masjid Suleiman in Iran. Um, soon after that, I, I moved to a slightly bigger town and a slightly bigger town in Iran. And before I knew it, there was a there was a war raging in my neck of the woods, and we had to move to Tehran, which is the capital city of Iran. Yeah. Um, in 1988, I moved to Turkey for about six months, and then. Flew to New York yeah. City and then to Oklahoma. So I've been here since October of 1988. Where in Turkey did you go? Uh, you know, uh, Turkey kind of used to be our vacation spot okay. over the summer since yeah, yeah. Iran was so oppressive and such a difficult place to be. Uh, my family was privileged enough to travel over the summer times and the winter time, and we would typically go skiing in the winter time in Iran. Okay. And summertime we would go to Turkey. Yeah. Been to Istanbul, Izmir. Yucada, Istanbul, just kind of had the run of the country. We'd go, obviously when I grew up in the UK, like we'd go to Marmaris every now and then, you know, for a vacation or like, so I think every, for my senior year in college, everyone kind of goes on a a friend's mate's holiday, just wherever it kind of goes on university and eight of us went to Marmaris. It was a lot of fun. Fantastic. We had a good time for sure. Didn't think it would be a good, you know, like most people going to Ibiza and then, you know, the the party places and Marmaris was actually really good. (laughs) For you know, an 18, 19 year old boy. Yeah, right? you know, you, I, I like to travel off the beaten path. Yeah. Um, you know, I may go to all the big cities people go to, but really, I want to kind of check out the local places, the places where not all the tourists are hanging out. Great food so, as well. Indeed. Oh, Great street food, yeah. wonderful culture. It's just the perfect, the perfect meeting place of East and West. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, to that point, then, when, when you were moving, like you, you know, you, you said you just you mentioned you, you grew up in Iran and then you know you go to Turkey and you come to New York. 
uh, how old are you when you come to New York? And is it, I assume, mom and dad's choice to bring you guys here? Yeah, you know, my, my grandparents immigrated to the United States in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of from a well-to-do family, and my, my grandparents were kind of government officials, and um, they had the resources to send their children out of yeah, the country yeah, yeah. For, for college. Um, my dad was married, and he couldn't just get up and go to college in America, so we, we were in Iran. Um, but all my aunts started moving to uh, Oklahoma in the 70s. Okay. And uh, by 1978, everybody was here. Yeah. Uh, in 1979, the, Ira- the Iranian Revolution happened. Mm-hmm. And at that point, uh, our lives changed dramatically, and uh, we were no longer able to leave the country. Um, and about a year after that, uh, Iraq attacked Iran, yeah. and uh, the war started. And my hometown was probably twenty or thirty miles from the front, the front line of the war. So, so we were directly every, impacted. Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow. Do you remember much about that? Oh, I remember so much of that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it. I, I was very little when the revolution happened, mm-hmm. and I was a little bit older when the war happened. But growing up, I I always knew that things were just not normal. Right. Things were not what they were when my parents were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and since our hometown was so close to the front of the war, it was one of the first places that was attacked. It was one of the first cities yeah. that uh, the Iraqi forces attacked. Um, I remember the first day that... The, the war had started that I knew about. Yeah. As I was in, a, I was in, a, I was hospitalized because I had some breathing problems, and um, uh, my mom had come to the hospital to visit me, and mm-hmm. we were sitting on the the steps of the hospital. We were having a picnic, uh, and I remember just seeing a a jet just fly so low. I'd never seen something like this. It just went zoom, zoom, and I could see. I could see the pilot's helmet. Right. It was so close. And I looked at my mom, and my mom looked at me, and she had this look of horror on her face. Um, and uh, that's when it all started. Yeah. That, that I clearly remember that. I was thinking I was about three or four. Um, and it went from there. And, I, and we, we spent the next two years trying to leave that town to go mm-hmm. to another town, but it was such a difficult process. You know, my father had a job. My mom had a job. Right. They just couldn't get up and go. Yeah. So so it took us a couple of years to get out of there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's such like, I mean, that's, I can't imagine how how just that was for your mom and dad too, right? With you, young family, and just like we need for yeah. the health, for the safety of our future and the children, we need to get out of this place now. It became really evident that yeah. we had to go because the bombing raids were intensifying as the days would go go by, and you know you would uh, you would just be at home, and then the 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 sirens would go off right. and everybody would gather together in like the most inside place of a house, which is probably right. our bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it took a couple years for us to get out. And yeah. I remember when we finally were able to get out, my, my dad just sent my mom and my sister to the, to the train station. Um, he couldn't even come with us because it was just so much chaos. And we get to the train station, and the train station is just what you would imagine. Like you see, uh, you know, fleeing Germany in World War II. Yeah. Uh, to just people everywhere. Just people everywhere. People are yelling. People are crying. There's, it's chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get onto the we get into the train, and we're just crammed. I'm sitting in my mom's lap, and my sister is sitting on my mom's lap, and she's just clutching us tight. My dad's yeah. not with us. So this train just just got loaded and loaded and loaded, and 
we got to a point where there was just absolutely no more room in the train. And right. then they just closed the doors, and it was summertime, it was hot. The train finally left. And then, and it, and then the kind of a party atmosphere started. All the people that were on this train were yeah. kind of relieved. They were sad. They were happy. It was so much mixed, mixed emotions and feelings. And um, a few hours later, the sun had set, and then we were kind of getting a sense of things are kind of going to be normal. And then the train just stopped in the middle of the night. All the lights in the train stopped. And then we could hear like bombing start from way back. And then it just got louder and louder and louder. And it just got to the point where, I mean, we just thought that was it. Yeah. Um, but everything just went quiet. 30 minutes later, an hour later, the lights turned on. Uh, people started to kind of go about their normal business and they were relieved that, that, that we didn't get bombed. But our train was delayed yeah. to such a, such a, long time um, so finally the train got going and we got to Tehran about 16 hours later than we should have yeah. uh, and when we got to Tehran the place was pitch black all the lights the, the, the electricity to the city had been turned off to, yeah. to kind of deter bombing raids and to kind of obscure some of the targets my grandpa was supposed to come pick us up no. he wasn't there there was not a soul on the street. It was just my mom, my sister, and I. Um, a car with his lights turned off just pulled in front of the, uh, the train station and said, ma'am, you need a ride? And my mom really didn't have a choice. There's no cars, there's no taxis, there's nothing. So my mom just put us in the car, just had faith that this person was going to take care of us. Um, and that person drove us up to our grandparents' house, and my grandpa was standing on top of the hill waiting for us to come. Amazing. So we got there. That was the, the first yeah, yeah. part of my journey that was that turned out okay. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in this point, like you said, you've got family already kind of in the States at this point, mm -hmm. right? Like you said, you kind of, and you said they were, were they in politics? Were they in work for the government? So they kind of way to get out? Yeah, you know, the, the oil company in Iran okay. is the wealthiest organization. Yeah. yeah. And my grandfather was a, was a kind of a high official mm -hmm. for the oil company, and we were from the oil-producing region of the country. Okay. So we had that. Um, but prior to the revolution, everybody in my family worked for the, uh, for the oil company as well, and they got scholarships and, and money to send their kids to educate them abroad. Yeah, That's yeah. just kind of what we did. My dad worked for an American company before that. It was an AMC tank company. Mm -hmm. um, so we had the privilege of knowing lots of Americans, yeah, yeah. Uh, having a good paying job, and having status in the community over there. Yeah. Uh, not, not necessarily by, by our income level or how much money we had, but it's just because my family was known to be, to be helpers, mm -hmm. you know, to, yeah. to be charitable people, and to, you know, to, to give. Hardworking to give. too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's, I mean, I love touching on this stuff, right? Because, you know, I, I can't relate to being attacked and bombed, but I can relate to, you know, like the immigrant type of like just, you know, education for us is kind of the way out, right? And America is just seen as like, you know, just so much opportunity. And if you can just get there and figure out life there, yeah. you know, even if you just get here and you start scrubbing floors or whatever it is, I mean, like, it doesn't matter. A hundred percent. The life here is so much better here than it potentially could have been, especially from what you just mentioned back home. A hundred percent. You know, my, 
You know, when you're a kid and, you know, you, you get an opportunity to make a wish, you, uh -huh. you know, you have a birthday or, you know, you got an eyelash in your eye. And my biggest dream my entire life, as far as I can remember, was to come to America. Yeah. I, I adored America. I adored American things. I loved, I loved everything about this country. I'd, I'd heard about it my entire life. Um, and when I turned 11, I finally had a chance to do that. Yeah. I remember... Um, when we landed in Oklahoma, I, I, I met dozens and dozens of relatives I'd never met, but I'd just talked to on the phone or I had seen pictures of. And um, I, got into a, I got into the car with my aunt and she drove me home mm -hmm. to Northwest 18th and about Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. And I just remember going from the airport to that house and thinking, my God, everything is so Big. Dude, yeah. Everything is so flat. There's so much space for every single person. Um, and I just remember being so happy and I felt yeah. free and I felt like, okay, now my life is really going to start. Mm -hmm. We had about probably a three or four days of celebrations and just catching up and seeing relatives and exchanging stories. And, and after that was over... Uh, my dad says, okay, son, you're, you're going to go to school tomorrow. Damn. And um, your aunt Sarah is going to take you shopping. She's going to get you your school supplies, and school will start tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that was an eye-opening experience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming, I mean, traveling halfway around the world, you know, to a place you've never been to before, but you've met all these people you've maybe only like, seen in yeah. photos, and then you have so much celebration for so long because you have a great time, and it's totally, like, I mean, I would have done the same thing. And and then, like I said, Dad's like, going to school tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Going to school was okay in my mind. Yeah. I, you know, I was socially... Um, I didn't have any social problems back in Iran. You know, I had yeah. lots of friends. I was a really popular kid. I'm, you know, I got okay grades, but I wasn't worried about school. Right. I thought, you know, these are really nice American people. I'm going to go, and they are going to be so curious about me, where I'm coming from, the stories I have. Yeah. It didn't quite turn out that way. <laughs> uh, you know, I showed up. Uh, first of all, I went to buy the school supplies, and I had never in my entire life seen all this stuff in one place, yeah. you know? Where I, where I grew up, you know, you went to a store that was probably, you know, 200 square feet, yeah. and then you would buy everything there, from pen and paper, to snacks, to grocery, everything would come from right there. Yeah. So my aunt drove me to this big place. She said, this is Walmart, and you uh, are gonna learn to love this place. So we go inside, and I am just blown away with how much stuff they have in here. Right. And then she said, do you want some candy? I said, yeah, I'd like some candy. So she takes me to where the candy is. And I just, there was just aisle after aisle after aisle of candy that I never yeah. even imagined before. Um, and when I came here, there was a war going on, like I said. And my idea of buying candy was, you know, buying a teeny tiny little piece. And that was something right. I savored. I cut in three pieces and I stretched it out through my day. So I see this candy, and I pick out a candy bar, the Kit Kat. I'd had a Kit Kat before. Yeah. And she was like, why are you getting such a small one? Buy a king-size one. <laughs> Buy so a what is king size? <laughs> yeah. So she picks up this king-size candy bar, and I look at her. I was like, yeah. I can't do that. She said, oh, you can. And she got me three or four and put some gum and other yeah. stuff in there. Um, 
And I realized we're going to be beating to a different drum here. We're going to be marching to a different beat. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's different, uh, isn't it? Very much so. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned Walmart. My parents did the same thing. When we came here, and my, my, my mum came for, like, after, after I, my, my mum came for my graduation, so I'd already been here for four years. And we go to Walmart, and she's just like, this is nuts. You know, even compared yeah. to the UK, like, Walmart, you know, UK equivalent of Walmart, which is still, it's, you know, definitely bigger than, like, what you mentioned. But, like, you come out here, and it just, it's so eye-opening. There was just crazy. so much bounty. There was just so much stuff. Yeah. You know, where, where I had come from, you needed a coupon to buy a pound of beef because everything was rationed. Yeah. You wanted a candy bar, there's literally like one little Russian candy bar in there. Um, yeah. It was, I went from just having a very limited supply, a very limit, a limited amount of everything from yeah. freedom to food to just social interaction to just so much mm -hmm. to just an abundance and this was right before thanksgiving yeah this is interesting so i show up and it's october probably 25th or 30th mm -hmm. well and then i show up the next week and then there's something on the on, on top of the chalkboard that says uh, something about Turkey. Yeah. And I thought that these people were celebrating my arrival from Turkey, not realizing that they're having Turkey for Thanksgiving. And yeah. the only word that I could that I could read up there was Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it took me a little while to kind of get uh, the, the rhythm of mm -hmm. the culture and the society and how things work here. Yeah. It's looking back at like the timing that you came here and the age that you were at it's quite a significant moment right because if you'd have come here as like a, you know a few years a few years later mm -hmm. at 14 15 that might have been a totally different experience and yeah. the same when you'd have come over younger and you're like you know you're, when you're like 10 or 11 12 you kind of have that awareness already right and you said you kind of have that awareness of like i have friends i can fit in here like yeah. you know and, and you just you know but if you're like seven eight nine it's a little different so yeah. you kind of came at like i don't know it's a really cool moment yeah. You know, my sister is a little bit older. My mm -hmm. sister was four years older than me, and she she went to high school. Um, but for me, I it was so incredibly difficult. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. It wasn't really by choice, but I didn't speak any English whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I had the words like hello, dog, teacher, apple, yeah. but there was no nuance to the language. I mean, I had to learn every single thing. Um, Fortunately, my father and my grandfather were both English teachers back in Iran, okay. you know, under, under yeah. kind of a part-time job. But learning the language was so difficult, yeah. uh, and it was so important for my assimilation, for me to be able to plug into the society here. Um, you know, you, uh, you start out, I started out not not being able to communicate a single thing in my life, not, mm -hmm. not being able to just get my personal needs. Um, but within a, within a few days of uh, going to school, then my dad presented me with, now you have to go start working. You know, my, my family had a convenience store yeah. that was pretty much broke. Everything in Oklahoma in the 80s was broke. So we came in and there it is. I went from school to the convenience store. And that's really where I learned what America was, how things run, um, what people eat, what people say. So that became my job. I've been working since I was 11 years old. You know, yeah. I would go, I would get off school at about three, 
Uh, I would go home. Somebody would pick me up from home. I would be at work, and I would work till midnight. That would be an everyday kind of deal, unless there was something special going on. So I learned a lot in that convenience store. So many lessons. Yeah. So many. Uh, So to that point, then, you you get through high school. um, Do you... when you go through high school, are you thinking like college is next? Where am I going? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you mentioned like you did okay in school, but it wasn't like education wasn't like the big thing for you, right? Correct. So what do you what, what do you move us move us a little bit? So what, what, I, are you, what are you thinking when you're? You know, by it took me about three years to kind of see to to be able to communicate with yeah. people, to to not stick out like a sore thumb everywhere I went and everything I did, and that was a relief. You know, yeah. kids are tough at that age. By the time I got to high school, you know, I I kind of developed my I, my personality a little bit. I, I I knew where to fit in. I knew how to fit in. I knew what people's expectations were of me. I knew what people's perceptions were of me, and I could kind of play with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when I was in the tenth grade, uh, I had a great teacher named uh, Mr. Sam Effinger. And he was, he, he was my photography teacher and my yearbook advisor. And um, he introduced me to photography, and I just went with it. I, yeah. I just became obsessed. I, it was my way of presenting what I saw to the world. It was my way of processing what I had experienced mm-hmm. with you know, living in Iran, coming to America, and that experience set. So... It was a nonverbal way for me to communicate, to to process all that kind of seen and experienced. Mm-hmm. And when I when I graduated from high school, you know, I was a very mediocre student, probably in the bottom half of my graduating class. I um, so I applied to a couple of universities. I was accepted to UCO, and I went to UCO for for about a year. While I while I kind of got my grades up and figure out if what I wanted to do. Uh, after about halfway through UCO, I realized I, I need something a little different. Yeah. So I transferred to OU. Um, I enrolled in a in the fine arts program and photography because they did not have a photojournalism program. Mm-hmm. And I six and a half years later, I got my bachelor of fine arts in photography. Um, and I and I continued with that. I. I yeah, I became yeah. a photographer and a filmmaker, and I did that professionally for about five or six years. And then the digital revolution happened in photography and media, yeah. and then all of a sudden everybody was a filmmaker and a photographer and a graphic designer. and Just from their iPhone, right? Yeah, their absolutely. Yeah. Um, and at that time, it was around that time that i just recently gotten married, and uh, we were confronted with a, a health episode um, and my wife became somewhat sick mm-hmm. and she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis uh, it, it was a very difficult and confusing time because you know we were uh, we were faced with a serious health diagnosis and yeah. at the same time my my business my photography and video uh, business was kind of faltering I was not very satisfied with that and mm-hmm. um, we had an opportunity that kind of came out of the left field, and uh, within two weeks, we had started a new restaurant, a new concept, and yeah. opened up a, a, a little snack bar in this hole in the wall in a, at the Health Science Center. Yeah. Um, and that was December of 2007. So 
It's been a great journey. Yeah. How, how'd you meet your wife? Well, you know, um, I feel like I feel like your life kind of brings whatever you need into it. Mm-hmm. Um, if if you're aware, if your eyes are open, if you're really living your life, everything comes to you. Yeah. You know, you just have to have a presence of mind and a clarity of mind to to take that in. Uh-huh. And I just kind of met my wife through some mutual friends randomly in a, in a place I didn't expect and a, and a time that I didn't expect either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we met through some mutual friends, which we're still friends with. And I was 14. Yeah, I was almost 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, so when 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 your wife gets diagnosed and they say and you're 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 asking for answers, right? What do we do? Mm-hmm. How can we help? Like, what, is there anything that we can do? Yeah. Do they? Who, does someone just suggest diet is one well, of the easiest things you can start? Well, there was a there was you know we're knocking on doors trying to get answers, trying to figure out what happened. Why is my wife has MS? Why? You know, why, why, why? Mm-hmm. And then after the why, you're trying to figure out, okay, now what can I do about it? Yeah. Anyone that we spoke to, we spoke to a lot of people, you know, people from alternative medicine, people, biologists, microbiologists, doctors, psychologists, sports people. And there was pretty much three running themes in, in what we could do. Uh, everybody said, okay. You can live a stress-free life. Just reduce stress. Don't don't stress about anything. Okay. <laughs> they said, you know, you got to be really active. You got to exercise every single day. You know, you just just keep those muscles moving. You yeah. know, keep those nerves firing. Okay, that's kind of difficult too because sometimes yeah, you're just not set up. Um, and then the the third piece of advice we got was like, okay, you've got to eat a really healthy, clean diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and after we kind of evaluated. The one thing we could definitely do right off the bat was start eating a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. And we just started to just devour all this information about healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, different food combinations. We started to seek out like superfoods and try to see what we can do mm-hmm. to have an optimal uh, diet physically. Yeah. Um, and we made some, some changes. And uh, my wife kind of got her health back. And that was the kind of the process that we started that kind of got us back on track. Yeah. So when an opportunity came to open up, uh, when there was an opportunity to open this little little cafe, we were already on that path. We had already uh, been exploring superfoods and food mm-hmm. combinations, anti-inflammatory foods. So... Within two weeks, we launched Health Night Cafe. Yeah, and because you'd been seeing results in the food thing, you like said you doubled down. And back to what you mentioned just a few minutes ago about just like always being open to new opportunities. The way you met your wife, just just mm-hmm. you know meet someone, it just happens, yeah. right? And yeah. then like I said, timing, the world, but that just that mindset of you know, putting it out there and things will come to you. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of us in the world that think that that's a giant crock of nonsense, but also there's more people that know that that's an absolute fact because of, I mean, yeah. I'm, we are very similar and I'm, yeah. I live my life that way too. So I'm like, I want something, I'm just going to talk about it. Yeah. And if it happens, it happens. And for the most part, something yeah. will come around the corner and you're like, oh, it, it does, this, it does. This, this, this is works, what I've been right? looking for, 100%. Quantum, is it quantum physics, whatever they call it? Like, yeah. What are the, what, yeah. I mean, there's fancy names for it, but. Sure, but, you yeah. know, it's, you know, you, I, I feel like you set yourself up mm-hmm. for 
for what you're going to get into, what you want. You know, you leave yourself open for those possibilities to happen. At the same time, you put in 100% effort right. day in and day out to achieve that goal for me. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not just a passive thing. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, you want to be a doctor? Sure, yeah, you can think about it all day. You can be open and receptive to it. But hey, you if you're not taking your classes, mm-hmm. if you're not showing up, if you're not doing this, you have zero chance. Yeah. So yes, I, I held in my heart and in my soul that I, that I can get whatever I want. You yeah, know, yeah. I will achieve whatever I want. Um, if I just let it be, if I make all the, uh, to do whatever it takes to get mm-hmm. there. And you just kind of leave the door open. Yeah. And then when that thing comes through the door, you welcome it and you shut the door behind it and you just keep working toward it. Yeah, yeah, So, So you get that opportunity with the cafe and you think, right, let's do it. Let's open it. You already have experience owning, you know, families at a store. You kind of know the run of everything. You were working in it since you were 11. So you clearly know how to be with people, how to, you know, stock and that. And then you've got this, you know, the health net side of things, right? You've got like the food part of you that's like, we know all this stuff. We've been researching it. This is, this is a no brainer. Let's go into it. And then I guess you're looking for something new to do because of photography, just like not your thing anymore you're trying to figure out and then you dive in and you have this small cafe in in the the science center what was it the health sciences health, health center. Science yeah. center yeah yeah you know it's it was it, it was it was really a blessing to us yeah. it, 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 it was huge you know we went from being in the most difficult place in yeah. our life in our marriage in you know, we're upstart. We're upstart couple. We'd been married less than a year and a half, mm-hmm. and within that year and a half, my wife broke her back, her father passed away, and she was diagnosed with MS. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of pressure on our marriage, on each other, on ourselves. But you know, we just sat next to each other, held each other tight, just believed that everything was going to be fine, and just yeah. worked really hard to a improve ourselves as, 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 as individuals and just do whatever it takes to, to get that health, right. to whatever it takes to be okay with things. You know, just coming to terms with everything that had happened in a very short amount of time was difficult, especially for a yeah. young couple. You know, we're, I was an artist, she was in nursing school, and this is what we were dealt. Yeah. But... Looking back at it now, it's uh, it's a it's a miracle that we were able to strengthen the, uh, the relationship that we had to overcome um, this medical diagnosis, which, by the way, is an ongoing process. Right? Yeah, it doesn't just stop. Does it? No, like it's constantly yeah, working at it. Yeah, and um, and you know, we made a better life for ourselves and also for our teammates, for our employees, for the people we're interacting with every day. Right. Um, one of the perks of being at the Health Sciences Center is we were surrounded by scientists and doctors and mm-hmm. kind of people in high places, you know? So we just absorbed as much information as we could from yeah, yeah. all the people that were coming to see us. So we, we still, to this day, have some, of, some yeah. really great friends from that time. Yeah, so the, the business grows, you're in the right place, you know, things are getting better. Uh, when do you go to, I guess, opening another location? So we opened in 2007, and about 2009, I, I started to realize that, hey, we're really on to something here. Yeah. People are coming. We're really growing our business. You know, we literally started our business with $100 on the first day. Yeah. And, you know, within, you know, within a year, we 
grown that business by, by 10 times. Yeah. And there was just so much demand. You know, we were this little 300 square foot place. And then mm-hmm. we would have orders for 150 people, 200 people, 300 people, like on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, we realized we, there's demand for this. I'm like, how are we going to do this? I don't know. My daddy's not rich. You know, I'm, I don't have any money to do this. So I, we start knocking on doors. Hey, yeah. can you give us a loan to do this? We just, we just started looking for a loan. And we rejected time after time. So about the fifth time that I was rejected, I thought, you know, this may be it. You know, maybe God is telling me that, yeah, this is a good idea, but yeah. it's just not quite ready. Don't take money from anywhere else. Yeah, so yeah. I just kind of... Looked around, and I thought, you know what? There's one more chance that I have. Let me let me reach out to this person. Yeah. Went sat in his office, and that person said, you know what? I like your idea. Why don't you give me this, this, and that? And one thing led to another, and a couple months later, we had our loan, and we opened up our location in downtown Oklahoma City. Yeah. And that was our second location. Within six months, um, I got a call from some corporate entity telling me that they're interested in putting our place in their, in their corporate headquarters. And then these kinds of phone calls just started to just come in and just come in. And, uh, you know, you don't take every opportunity that comes your way. Well, of course. But you do entertain yeah. everything. And But the fact that you know that opportunities are coming is you're onto something. Oh, right? When huge. people start calling you and saying, hey, we, we realize that we recognize that you have something here, would you be interested? It, it was very humbling. Yeah. Um, it, it it also, you know, it, it feels really good. Yeah, of course. It, it feels good that, you know, you have a product, you do something that other people want yeah. or the society needs. Mm-hmm. And then we realized, yeah, this is this is a very much of a underserved sector of this economy. Mm-hmm. There's really no affordable, healthy food right. for people here. Yeah. First of all, people don't know what, what what's healthy. It's really hard. Yeah. I mean... To they, this day. they eat a salad and put blue dress and cheese all over it and ruins yeah, it. Right? So you, you know, you get you get more calories out of the the cheese and the dressing yeah. on the salad than, yeah. than, than you really need. But yeah, eating eating healthy was hard mm-hmm. uh, for us too. But we made it affordable, we made it accessible, and we made it really good. Yeah. You know, we people had this perception of you know if they're going to eat something healthy, it's going to be a chore to put down, and then a couple hours later they're going to be hungry again, and then they're going to waste their twenty bucks. And so yeah. we kind of addressed all those things. We made it really good, we made it nutritious and healthy, and we also made it affordable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, onto a winner then, clearly. I think so. Yeah, so now we have nine, eight locations, nine on the way? Eight, yeah, eight's operating today. The yeah. ninth one is going to be coming online yeah. within a matter of days. And gone through a recent branding change? Yes, we, uh, we've rebranded as Be Healthy Cafe. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's because we realized that in order for us to expand nationally, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to have to rebrand to avoid... Um, some intellectual property mm-hmm. issues or some litigation. Yeah. You know, we we already ha- owned the trademark to to Health Not Cafe. Mm-hmm. However, we had what's called a concurrent use enrollment, which means you share that with another company. Okay. Um, Depending on location, stuff exactly. Like that. Yeah. And we wanted to expand outside of the territory that we'd agreed upon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was time. And actually, Be Healthy Cafe. We think it's a better name than Health Not Cafe. I think yeah. it. It really doubles down on our mission is to just make it easy to be healthy. Right. Yeah. Because I think you know when you think when just coming to mind, right? Health Net Cafe. You so it, 
it's like that first time someone's going to step foot in a gym, right? Yeah. They're just like, oh, I don't want it. They sit in the parking lot. They don't want to do it. Yeah. They'd rather just kind of like work out at home and then get ready and go yeah. to the gym, right? Because it's just like it's committed to being a health nut. Correct. Right? Not like, hey, let's start your new yeah. journey. You can be healthy here. We know, like, like you mentioned, making it easy to do it, right? You're really hitting the nail on the head because um, – it took me a while, but I did, did realize that our biggest challenge for our, for our customers, facing our customers, was they thought they have to be a health nut before they show up to our restaurant. Right. Or if they showed up to our restaurant and they're not in the best shape, and we're going to look at them weird. Yeah. It, so we wanted to remove that barrier as well. And just to let people know, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Just be healthy. You know, you, it's the first step you can do today. Today, if there's one thing you can do to improve your health, yeah, is to eat a healthy meal. Start with the next meal. Yeah, yeah. that's just that's it. That's low hanging fruit, man. Right. Everybody, everybody eats three, four times a day. Just make one of those meals healthy, and that's yeah. your first step. And it's, it's very easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's cool though to have, isn't it? And then, I mean, it looking back on your story and, and kind of like, you know, when we sit down and do a podcast, it it for the for the guests sometimes they haven't sp- spoken about their story for a long period of time for mm-hmm. some or for some time, so it kind of brings back memories, right? And you realize, looking back, like, you know, growing up, you know, where you did moving to the city and then and then Turkey and coming here and and, and like having family here and then out of nowhere, like you know, your wife gets diagnosed and you now you're like we have this business now, yeah. right? I mean, so many great moments, so many things that you fought through, so many lessons, ups and downs, and they even like, you're about to have nine locations. It's, you know, it has been an incredible journey. Yeah. I am so humbled by everyone that's helped us, that supported us, mm-hmm. that has just helped us and supported us. I mean, people think, oh, you know what, I'm nobody does anything for me, you know, I'm an individual, but, yeah. you know, we're all part of this. We're all... We're really nothing without each other. Mm-hmm. And so many people have been a part of our journey. So many people have contributed to the success of our company. Some, yeah. some of it hasn't been monetary. Some of it has just been words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it has been just being able to help somebody that has been in, in need. Yeah. Um, it has been incredible. You know, we've had, currently we have 53 employees, and that's, that's a burden in itself, but it's also a blessing. Right. You know, I I have the privilege of leading these people. I have the privilege of helping these people. By these people, I, I don't mean just my employees, but my customers, our employees, community members. We provide jobs for people. We provide a safe place for people. Yeah. Um, we're an inclusive company. We are an inclusive group of people. And, you know, we've got three things that really lead us every day. Yeah. You know, we, we are interested in humanity that people bring when they come. Um, humility, you know, stop thinking about yourself. Let's think about other people, yeah. you know. And hunger, you know, a hunger to do better, a hunger to learn, a hunger to grow. Those are really three, three concepts yeah, that yeah. push me my, and my partner forward. That's awesome. Uh, for, so for people listening then, where can they go to find your locations, uh, you know, and social media and website and stuff like that? Awesome. Visit our website, uh-huh. behealthycafe.com. 
Um, you have all of our social media handles, our website, our menu links, and place your order online. If you're interested in purchasing a franchise or learning more about it, reach out to us. You know, yeah. we're, we're transparent. We'd love to exchange ideas with you and let you know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Amir, thanks so much for coming in. Really appreciate you sharing the story. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, it truly is. And, you know, it's one of the reasons I love doing the podcast, right? Because, you know, you just have so many stories from people and you'd never know, right? If you see you walking down the street, you would never know of the things that you've been through to get here and the stories that you have. Uh, and it's an honor to share those stories. So thanks for coming in. Really appreciate that. For people listening, I'll post the link to the website in the description. You guys can go to that check out social media channels go get a healthy meal like Amir was saying it starts with the next meal or just one meal a week well sorry one meal a day you can start with one meal a week if you want to uh, but you know we all love that fried food sadly it's too good uh, but yeah it's it's coming up to you know New Year's resolutions and all that stuff well you know it doesn't, doesn't hurt to start today right with just one meal just the first thing you can do the easiest thing you can do is eat a healthy meal Awesome. And thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show today. It's been a privilege to be able to come out and share my story. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate that. For everyone listening, like I said, I'll post the link to Amir's Be Healthy Cafe down in the description, and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at at Oklahoma HOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.